hands and close your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brendan Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 37, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing great, Brennan. How are you? I'm not bad. Good. I'm, improving? I, I'm improving. Yeah, I'm Good. getting there. I've been uh, sick for almost two weeks now. Because uh, uh, we are sitting here and you are sweating hot. Yeah. And I Like I a am, whore in church. <laughs> and I am still cold. So that's not good. No, but no. it's it's an improvement. A couple of days ago, I was so faint I could barely get off the couch. Oh no! So now I am here. Did you catch up on any netbook shows? You I to did. Watch? Yeah, what I did started you watch? watching uh, Scott on Shutter. Oh, is, Shutter! Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's a Swedish series. They do um, horror well. They do. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, there's a Swedish film on Netflix called The Ritual. Or sorry, it's a, an English horror film set in Sweden. Okay. But very, very good. Okay. I'll and check it out. Jord Scott is, is great. I think it's uh, two seasons at 10 episodes apiece right now. Nice. And it's about a disappearance in a small little town in uh, Sweden. I won't give away any more than that. Yeah. But uh, really cool stuff. So good. worth checking out. How about you? You've been watching a ton of Netflix. I watched Netflix for most of yesterday, and I have not done that in years. So That's it great. was awesome. I watched um, Last Man on Earth. Oh, of course, with Will Fort. With Will Forte, yeah. And it was um, brilliant. I'm still, I'm almost at the end of season three. Right. Because I watched it pretty much nonstop the entire day. <laughs> now, he's not the last man on Earth at this point. No, no. He has a collection of people, one of whom is January Jones. Oh, really? It's one of the most naturally beautiful people on the face of the earth. Very there's lovely. Just, there's just no getting around it. I remember she's her just, from Mad Men. Yeah, she was perfect in Mad Men. So she's really good in this. At this point in the show, she plays a completely crazy person. So it's oh, kind of okay. fun to watch. Yeah, she, she's completely detached. Is she funny? Uh, she is funny, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. I do like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Fort or Fort or Forte, however you want to pronounce well, it. Well, Mary I, Steenburgen was in it as well. Oh, she's great. She was very good in it. And Louise Schell with The Voice. Uh, if you ever watched Bob's Burgers, she's one of the kids on Bob's Burgers. She's been in um, The Simpsons. She's oh, is it Kristen Schell? Kristen Schell. Yeah, yeah, she was in. I'm Thir- calling her Louise because that's who she is in Bob's Burgers. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. she was. Uh, she was in Thirty Rock. Yes, she she's was brilliant. Uh, she is so whacked, and Which, she does it flawlessly. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out. I yeah. mean, I loved MacGruber, and that's yes, like, oh, just a masterpiece. <laughs> My wife hates that movie. Really? Hates it with the fire with thousands. Just thinks it's so stupid. Oh, cannot, cannot even begin no. to know. I had the same reaction from Anchorman. I loved Anchorman, but not everyone in my world did. No, no. no. Well, yeah, Nick didn't like it when I when I first showed it to her back when we first met. But I think I've managed to kind of uh, break her mind enough now that she understands oh, why I'm it is. Please, you've broken her down. Yeah, well, it happens when you're around. Like her. a prisoner. That's right. <laughs> so on the subject of all things spooky, yeah. you had a friend come to you with a story recently. I did. Um, it was it was actually really spooky. Uh, I'd gone over there for dinner. Right. And we were talking a bit about it. And he'd already had some weird things happen when he removed the fire screen and the fireplace tools in his house and he put them out on the sidewalk. Okay. The significance of this is they were the only things left from the previous owner. Right. And the previous owner, one of the family members, did die um, while still living at the house. And it seems that those fireplace 
accessories were a little more uh, valued by this individual than they knew because weird stuff started happening almost immediately. Interesting. He put the fireplace tools and the screen out, came back in, and every picture in the living room was tilted. Well, Not the dining room, not the hallway, just the living room. Right. He thought, oh, that's weird. And he put them all back the way they were, walked into the kitchen, heard another noise, came back out. All the pictures were crooked. The two cushions on the chairs right under the window were now on the floor. Wow. And the um, footrest was on its side. Oh. And he was like, okay. So he, he fixed all that up, wasn't really sure what to do. And then he went into the living room. I had left, and he went in the living room. All three lamps were on, but you couldn't. He took a picture of it and sent it to me. You couldn't see anything but the lamps. It was just dark in there. Really? Yeah. And I said, you know what? I think you need to go get those fireplace tools and stuff, put them back where they were. Right. And you need to apologize. And so he went out, did that, brought it in, apologized. It was still dark. And I said, you know what? You just need to leave that space. Like, go up to your room. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So about two hours later, oh, and the other thing was the cats wouldn't come downstairs. They were staying upstairs and they would not come downstairs. And uh, and about a couple hours later, he went down there, took a picture and sent it to me and it was fine. So something about those fireplace tools. Something attached to those fireplace. Now you were saying uh, when you told me the story, those are also original to the house? Yes. Right. So those are the only part of the house that's that's still there. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, not good. Interesting. Yeah. So wow. yeah, not great. Oh, and um, he he went out to grab something, came back, and the doors were all closed. All really? the doors in the house were closed, which they were not when he left. Yikes. Yeah. Not well, cool. In one of the stories we're going to be talking about today, that happened to someone else. Okay. Uh, but it's the opposite. Oh. All the doors were closed. Sorry, all the doors were closed, and she found them open. Okay. And there's another thing that's going to tie to a story we told on a previous episode. So I, I think uh, we're starting to see a lot more of these through lines. Yeah, that's in, in cool. These stories. It's very cool. Yeah. And since we're on the topic, on this episode, we're going to be talking about Los Angeles again. We're going to mm-hmm. go back and uh, take another crack at the haunted stories of Los Angeles. It's a good city. It really is. It's yeah. a fascinating place. I love Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, and the first episode, honestly, the first episode of Los Angeles, that was November we did that. Wow. And I know it's a long since. <laughs> seems like a whole lifetime ago. Some people have talked to us about how the ferry episode was difficult for them to listen to. Yeah. Some people have had issues playing it back. Yeah. Uh, and the file is fine. I've gone yeah. through it. But it was just like the whole, th- and from the start of the planning of that episode, it was difficult. Well, even recording it, we ran into things. Of course, yeah. Yeah, like it was really weird. And Los Angeles was almost as bad. Really? Los Angeles was a difficult episode to write. It's my least favorite episode oh, of no. anything we've done. Wow. Uh, and so I'm I'm eager to go back and try and... Try and do it right. Get it, uh, we'll get it right this time. Uh, it, the other one was fine, too. It's just, <laughs> just it's, you. No, no, it's fine. Fine's, <laughs> fine's not good enough. And joining us on this uh, journey, we have a musical guest, which I've been saving specifically for this episode. Mm-hmm. On this episode, we have Hollywood Burns. Cool. With their track Scherzo Number no. 5 in Death Minor. <laughs> Where do you find these people? <laughs> They're very popular. I'm sure they are. And I think you'll like the track. I'm sure they are. You're such a hipster. <laughs> oh, and now you die. <laughs> Say goodbye pushed, to Ian, everybody. I pushed the one button that is not okay. Coming up after the break, stories from Haunted LA, and Ian won't be here because he'll be dead.
Welcome back. So uh, during the break, I had a change of heart and realized it's kind of a pain in the ass to do the show myself. So Ian is still among us. Yay for talent. <laughs> well, we'll call it that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, on this episode, we're going to be looking at some stories from Los Angeles. And uh, like I've said before and many times on the show, that, that city, uh, I only went there really for the first time in 2015, but it just grabbed me. Yeah, I know. It's a cool place. It's, it's so diverse. It really is. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's the city where three times in two weeks, I was nearly present at the scenes of shootings. <laughs> and there's something about that. I don't know. It's, that you uh, like? Well, it's kind of exciting. Okay. I mean, it's not great at the time. No. Uh, but, you know, in retrospect, it makes for a great story. Well, I was going to say, as long as you have a good story, everything's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've told the story on the show before about taking pictures in industry. I, I think I have. I think you have. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who are, who are new to the show, I'll tell it quickly. I was I like taking night shots. Uh, you can find my Instagram at Largely the Truth. And, uh, well, I'm not taking many right now because I'm, <laughs> I'm not particularly mobile. But once I'm better, I'll be taking more. Uh, but I really, I particularly enjoy taking pictures of industrial spaces. Right. So on my first visit to Los Angeles, I decided to go take pictures one Friday night in industry, which is an industrial suburb in East LA. Good name. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, very descriptive, very creative. And so I, I believe it is 12 square miles uh, of industrial suburb right. with, a, according to the census, 200 people living there. Whoa. So it is Creepy. very empty. Yeah. Uh, mostly, you know, warehouses, train, rail yards, things like this. And so when I went there, these huge wide streets are completely empty. Right. Uh, of course, this is about midnight, one in the morning. And the whole time I was taking photos, I was jangled. I right. just felt nervous. And I, I attributed it to just nerves, you know, in a big city for the first time. And, you know, it's empty. I'm not used to that. Yeah. Uh, then later in the night, I had a, ended up having a conversation with a security guard. We talked for a bit and he said, you know, I'm not sure how much later you want to be out here. And I took his advice because I'm not stupid and started going home. Well, as I tried to get on the freeway, I noticed there was a cop car parked at an angle across the on-ramp. Right. And I was so transfixed by his lights that I completely missed the road flares blocking (sighs) off the on-ramp. Oh, no. So as I approached the cop car at what I thought was a sobriety checkpoint... (laughs) Two LAPD officers got out and said, what the fuck are you doing? And, you know, hands on their hips. So Uh-oh. I immediately put my yeah. hands up. And I said, oh, holy shit. I'm sorry. I'm not from here. I don't know what's going on. They said, they don't have road flares where you're from. And it was at that point I realized I had completely missed the flares. Right. So I apologized. I said, I missed them completely. I was looking at your lights. And they said, well, whatever the reason, we got a shooter up on that freeway. <gasps> you got to get the fuck out of oh, here. Oh, my God. Right now. So I, You're like, I okay done yeah so I turned around got out of there uh, I had to take surface streets all the way back to the room I was renting in Hollywood which was a long ways yeah or not not all the way but enough to get around the blockage on the freeway yeah uh, so I checked KTLA in the, when I got back and the news report said that they had been chasing this gunman all through industry. Wow. That night. You're lucky you did not. So I just missed it every but time. Now you know why you were kind of jangled, right? I'm thinking, yeah. 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 So that was my, uh, that was, that was the, my third night on the ground. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so I need to be careful. So that's, that's my experience. Have you been to LA? I've never done the touristy stuff in LA. I'd like to. Right. Uh, I've been through Malibu, Rodeo Drive, that kind of thing. Right. But never to really spend a lot of time. In fact, when we were in Malibu, 
we were getting set to leave and we had the local news on and we saw that the police were chasing a car very close to us and it was all in the live news. We could hear the helicopter oh, from wow. the hotel. We're like, maybe we'll just wait. So we kept the news <laughs> on. They eventually caught the guy and we're like, okay, we can go now. So, you know, rather than put ourselves right into it. Yeah, that but, seems wise. Yeah, seems- that's L.A. Yeah, no, no, it really is. <clears throat> the stories we have from L.A. really run the range, from little kids having imaginary friends to full-on lights on, something is rattling the door, not and good. holy man, I need to move. Yeah, not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Let's, uh, let's get started. This story is called Family History and the Drowning Lady. When my dad was a kid, he would be lying in bed, ready to go to sleep. And a woman dressed in all black with a veil over her head would float over next to him, kneel, and whisper in his ear. He never understood what she was saying. This happened for a very long time, and he always peeked through a hole in his covers, but never had the courage to get up or talk back. Around the same time, my dad was having some other unexplainable experiences. Sometimes, he would look at someone, and instead of seeing a face, he would see a skull. Shortly afterwards, they would die. Now, my Jesus. Yeah, no, that I wouldn't want that gift. No. <laughs> Be like, whoa, hey, um, can I have your wallet? No. Yeah, don't buy any green bananas, yeah. buddy. <laughs> don't buy the Costco toilet paper. <laughs> now, my dad has always been able to see and hear paranormal things, but has brushed it off as his imagination. He's a very religious man who believes in God and refuses to admit or indulge in anything to do with the paranormal, which again is such we a weird... keep hitting this wall. I know. Yeah. How can you be so spiritual and deny spirits? Well, I wonder if there really is... I mean, you know church far better than I do, obviously, with your background, but is there really that... When people are that pious, is there really any spirituality at work? Well, no. A lot of times, no. It's all ritual, depending on the denomination, of course. But right. Um, it's ritual, and that's where they find their comfort. They don't want to have to deal with anything actually alive. Of course. Right? Because <laughs> um, there's no rules around that. Right, of course. And if everything you're very is... religious, it's all about the rules and rituals and, and way to go. It's probably why I never did well in Catholicism, because I'm not good with rules. Oh, and that's probably the most rules-based. Is it? Oh, yes, absolutely. That explains so much. They have rules for everything. They really do. Yeah. I did not like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I can see that. But continue. Yeah. So since I am his eldest and I've been the only one from my siblings that has seen anything, my mom would jokingly say that my dad passed his gift of being able to see or understand that of the beyond to me. I think she's right. One night, my boyfriend and I were in Hollenbeck Park right across the street from the Linda Vista Hospital. It's a pretty small park, but big enough for a lake with ducks and paddle boats. My dad would bring us there when we were younger since we lived nearby. And just to jump in here, uh, if people want stories from the Linda Vista Hospital, of co- uh, Mario Becerra, who we had on episode 11, yeah. has stories from there in his book, uh, Haunted East LA. Cool. So you can find that on Amazon. There you go. And I believe he's doing another one, isn't he? I believe so. The last time I heard, uh, heard from him, Mario, pardon me, the last time I heard from him, he said he was working on a new book. Excellent. All right. While my boyfriend and I were there, I kept having short mental flashes of someone struggling in the water, like they were drowning, but trying to swim to the shore. I couldn't tell the sex of the person. I just saw a figure completely soaked in water. I could feel pain and had a knot in my throat. The saddest feeling came over me. Since it was about 10 p.m. and fairly dark, I asked my boyfriend if we could quickly go down near the lake. Next to one little part of the lake, clustered on the ground, were a lot of candles, like someone had died not so long ago. There was no picture, no letters, no posters, just a lot of candles. I took pictures of them and headed home since by now it was close to 11 p.m. 
The next day, I looked up any deaths in that park, and apparently a homeless woman had been found floating in the lake earlier in the year. The police had said she was known to use drugs, and they believed there was no foul play involved in her death. There was no way I could have known this when I was looking at the park. It was just a feeling that came over me. Maybe it was a coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, it doesn't sound like one. No. Mm-mm. And uh, I did verify that there, there was a woman who drowned in Hollenbeck Park in 2014. Oh, there you Homeless go. Homeless woman, yeah. Cool. Um, it it kind of reminds me of one of the first times you and I hung out. We went for a, a long drive. And there's a stretch of, I, is it Burnside where that fellow was hit or interurban? Interurban, I think. Right. The site, the motorbike. Yeah. Yes. So. It, oh, definitely interurban. Yeah. Right. So uh, we were out for a drive and there's a stretch of interurban road here in Victoria where I've never felt comfortable at night. And I, I right. could never assume, I never figured out why. I always just felt uncomfortable. Yep. Well, when you and I were out on that drive, you explained to me. Uh, why don't you tell the folks what you told me? Yeah, a guy had been coming along a back road that led on to Interurban, and the way it's designed is there's a hill just before you get on Interurban, very quick. And if you're coming along, all you see is the road continuing on the other side up the hill, and unless you know it's there, you're not going to be able to stop in time. And unfortunately for him, he was on a motorcycle with his girlfriend, and he just went right through the stop sign, over the hill, through the stop sign, and got hit by a gravel truck. And uh, his girlfriend survived. Really? Yeah, he did not. She flew off into the woods. um, And she survived, but he was just crushed by the truck. So, yeah, it's they put up a stop sign, you know, stop sign ahead sign now and and all those sorts of things. But unless you're paying attention, you're not going to see the the major road that you're about to cross over to keep going on. So, and that was where he'd been killed. Right. So, again, I I was really surprised because, again, I still have despite the fact that we've done this show for 18 months now and, uh, you know, I've had my own experiences, I still have sort of a lingering skepticism. Oh, me too. And me too. to have verification like that is yeah. is always really striking. Yeah. And so th- this woman having this too is, I think, yeah, for me, it's there's a lot of confirmation there. Absolutely, yeah. This story is called The Cold Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving as I rode home from my sister's house in the San Fernando Valley. The streets at night in Los Angeles are normally pretty barren, But since it was a holiday weekend, I felt like I was peddling through a ghost town. I was 22 at the time and sharing a one-bedroom apartment in Van Nuys. Uh, Now, I should say, there was some debate in the forum where I found this about whether or not the streets of Los Angeles are ever empty. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because some people pointed to this as as evidence that this is fiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are places where the streets are not as busy. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. As I said, industry. And I mean, I don't know Van Nuys or or the valley well enough to say, but I'm sure there are parts where... I, again, barren seems a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, they are emptier yep. than you might expect. Well, and you've had that experience where, for whatever reason, the streets are just empty of all humans. True. And it's very weird. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, after this, remind me, I, I have a story about that. Oh, perfect. My roommate was out of town, so I was preparing myself for a quiet night. No crazy girlfriends nor any of my alcoholic friends who'd be banging on my door tonight. <laughs> So as I made my way down Sepulveda Boulevard, a smile of relief spread across my face. When I finally reached my building, though, this peaceful night at the pad took a 180. There was an older lady standing outside my building. She was alone and dressed in a fur coat with a matching hat. Nice. (laughs) She looked out of place. I don't know if it was her apparel or how she was just standing there staring off into space, but something was off. There was also a large stack of books and boxes with her, as if she was moving or something. And when I passed her on my mountain bike... Goosebumps shot up my arms and back. There was a liquor store next to my apartment complex, so I figured a beer was in order. 
It must have took me less than a minute to make my purchase, and when I came back outside, she was gone. Weird, I mumbled to myself. So I shrugged it off and made my way to my humble abode. As soon as I entered my apartment, though, red flags shot up. It was strangely chilly in my place. It was almost winter, but this apartment never had gotten cold before. It had always remained an even 70 degrees all year round, but on this night, it felt like it was in the low 40s. The cold was coming from a corner of the living room, and as I walked by it, baffled, something grabbed me. It squeezed the lower side of my back. Not cool. No. No. I swung around with my fists up, but the only thing there was was cold. So I just sat down and opened my beer. What else do you do, right? (laughs) A few minutes had passed and the cold remained. It felt like I was having a stare down with something I couldn't see. So out of nowhere, I blurted, get out of my house. And sure enough, that's all it took. The temperature began to rise to its normal 70. And after that, I never had any other visitors from the land of the dead. Wow. So that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, that, like I said, that, then that reminds me, the empty streets thing mm-hmm. reminds me of something that happened the other day. Uh, I had to go out at night to get something from the grocery store and, uh, I'd something, been, something healthy. Yes, yeah. actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I need all the health I can get right now. <laughs> But uh, I went out there and uh, it was about, because I've been sleeping on and off through the days, yeah. it was about one forty in the morning. And I was just going to walk down to the Max store, the corner store, uh, which was not far. No, it's like a block and a half or something. Uh, not me. even. Yeah. Before I did this, I had to go throw something out in the dumpster out back. So I did that. And it was, it was the night of the full moon. So it had been really very bright earlier. And right. the moon was still full in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... At ground level, it was so dark. And I started walking down the driveway to the sidewalk, and I just couldn't get over how still everything was and how dark it was. Yeah. And I looked into the window of a house, which happened to be open, and the room was empty. And I don't know why, but something just clicked in my head. And I heard the song, It's Too Late to Turn Back Now. Right. But... As it played on a loop in my head, all I was hearing was, it's too late. Turn back now. Okay. And so- Pretty clear message. Pretty clear message. Yeah. But I thought, well, I really need this thing I was going to go pick up. Right. Uh, but I, So I got to the street. I looked down towards the convenience store. And what should have only been a half a block walk, five minutes at most- just you know those in those horror movies when someone walks into the hallway and the hallway stretches Lengthens. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it felt like. Right. It felt like a million miles away. Right. And everything was so dark. And I thought, okay. And I the voice in my head kept going, It's too late. Yeah. Turn back now. Right. And I thought, done. 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 Yeah. Yep. I can yeah. wait until the morning. Yeah, you need to listen to those and those I instinctual voices. Went inside and uh what was interesting is once I got inside, I actually smudged myself. Wow. Had this, this feeling like I should smudge myself. Yeah. yeah. And as I did it, I felt threatened. I wow. felt like like there was something around me. Like, like you, you know how people do that sort of pump fake, that kind of like the get up the get up in your face. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like pretend like they're going to attack you just to make you flinch. I, I had that happen. Of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last week we talked about that. It felt like something was doing that. Wow. And uh, I immediately went to bed. I was just exhausted after I did the smudging. And uh, next morning, woke up. It was fine. I've had that where it feels like, you know, you're sort of challenging something. And while nothing happens, the attitude you get back is, oh, yeah. Right, of course. You want to do that? You know, it's like, "Uh, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) 
This story is my best friend, the goth. When I lived in Los Angeles, I had a friend who was what you'd call a goth. She always dressed in black from head to toe, and even though I don't think she had a clue, paranormal activity followed her. When I moved to LA, she became one of my very first friends. She was nice and witty about life. She read every single fashion magazine and was always filled with dreams. Her only problem was she had a negative vibe, and it had nothing to do with her gothic side. She had a dark cloud, and everywhere she went, that cloud followed. I started noticing that when my friend would come over to visit me, strange little lights would begin to appear the moment she would leave my apartment. It was really weird. One night, we'd said our goodbyes, and I went in the kitchen to grab a snack, went on the cupboards, and around the sink area, I started to notice little lights. It looked like someone was holding a flashlight and going crazy with it all over the kitchen. I didn't pay it much attention because I wasn't scared. Whenever I had other company over, I never saw those lights. They only appeared when my goth friend visited. I started noticing that those lights would also appear in the living room. The longer they went on, the more I was able to describe them. They were like 10 to 12 little white circles floating and bouncing all over the place. I would remain in one single area looking at them, wondering what was causing them. There was nothing shiny that could be causing them, no mirrors. I've moved plenty of times, and in all the places I've lived, I've never seen those bouncing little lights anywhere else. I've been told that the lights are sometimes a spirit or a ghost, but if so, why are there 10 to 12 of them going on at once? I really believe my goth friend had something to do with the strangeness, because once I moved and she didn't come around anymore, I never saw it again. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. I've never heard anything like that. I haven't either. I mean, I it'd be, it's a shame she's a goth because I feel like someone with a stage personality in LA would really be able to make something fabulous out of that, yeah. you know? And <laughs> here <laughs> I am. <laughs> and all the lights appear. Yeah, exactly. But it was only after her friend left. Oh, right. So what's that about? Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah. I wonder maybe her energy kind of stirred things up or... Maybe, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the uh, in the original story, the person mentions that uh, they kind of look like orbs. Right. But uh, again, I've never actually seen an orb. I've only, I mean, but that said, this would be the second or third LA-based orb story we've heard. Yeah, and I'm not a big believer in orbs uh, in terms of people showing pictures. I think 99% of the time... It is dust or insects. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, But I've also known people who are like, nope, this is what I saw, and it moved intelligently, and so who knows? Yeah, I I knew a woman who used to wake up in the night sometimes, and there would be a red orb in the corner of the room. Ooh. Um, Well, interestingly, I did some research for her because she was, you know, understandably put off by this. Yeah. And there was some suggestion that red is actually an indication of protection. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that this is just someone kind of watching over her. Uh, and before anyone asks, she had gotten this checked out by a doctor. She's a very rational woman. Mm-hmm. She'd uh, had her eyes checked, you know, had scans done. And uh, no, there was just this, sometimes at night, there was an orb. Wow. And she's the one who lives next to that house I always talk about. Yes. That seems to be some kind of gateway. Well, then maybe that is what it is. It's protection. Yeah. Stopping something worse from coming through. No, well, I do wonder. This story's called Me and C and the Ghost Make Three. <laughs> When I lived in Los Angeles, I worked the graveyard at a hospital. I'd begun a friendship with a security lady who I called C, and who always stayed in the lobby. That was her post, so every night I worked, I would go see my buddy C. I used to love going over on my break because we would talk the night away. The night would get interesting, and the hours seemed to fly by. The good thing is that during the graveyard shift, there wouldn't be any supervisors, so sometimes we would take 
we would all take advantage of our break and we'd talk about eerie things we had experienced, like our encounters with the ones who belonged to the other world. One night me and C were sitting in the lobby goofing around like always, when out of nowhere, we both turned in the same direction towards the ER doors and saw a light heading towards them. The first thing we did was look at each other, puzzled. We both at the exact time asked, did you see that? Yes, we both responded. <laughs> it was the strangest thing. It was 2 a.m. and we were the only ones in the lobby. We both saw it, a light that didn't just flash by but walked itself along the wall towards the ER doors. There was nothing that could have reflected that light. It also didn't look like a light that a flashlight would make. Another thing is the light wasn't just floating. It took its time and appeared like it could have been someone's head. I got the strongest feeling in the pit of my stomach that it was someone heading out and it wasn't someone from our world, but from the spirit world. Wow. As I kept looking in the direction the ghost or spirit light had headed, I was interrupted by C. Oh, don't worry. It's probably just a ghost. When I asked C if she really believed in ghosts, she responded, we work in a hospital where people pass away all the time. Are you kidding? These suckers are here. Yeah. Just like that, we both agreed and dropped the subject. <laughs> and again, you know, I feel like that's such, I suppose to a, a died in the wool uh, debunker there, nothing is right. proof. But I feel like people like that who have just accepted it as part of their life are such great examples yeah. of why you need to take these things seriously. Well, and take them seriously, but only give them the due they, they need. Are they bothering you? Are they causing trouble? Well, that they, too. Yeah, yeah. If not, well, then don't worry about it. Well, yeah, we don't. But let's... people do get totally worked up over it, and it's like having like ants in your house, and they're really not doing anything, but, you know, you just want them out, which I understand. Yep. You want to have your space and consider it. You know, yours. So, well, and as we'll see in a later story too, we, we, there are people who classify everything as demonic. Oh God, I know. So then you're going to have to deal with that. Everything is a demon behind every tree. Yeah. yeah. And, and can you imagine just being some poor, unassuming bastard who lives on the other side of the veil, <laughs> going about your daily business, and <laughs> someone, some guy in a dress starts like robes, whatever, starts flicking holy water at you? <laughs> like, what? Get, that's wet. Get off yeah, me. Stop, stop that. Yeah, I know. Jesus, I know. the I power know. of Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Compels me to get the hell out of here and get away from you. And uh, also lights, which is very similar to the story before it. Absolutely. But again, this one had some sort of intelligence tied to it in terms of looking like it was just moving Right, of course, whereas the other one was more. Um, and I love that. That whole, well, we just acknowledged it was there and. Moved on. Moved on. And yeah. hospitals, hotels, theaters, churches. You're going to find spirits there. 100%. Of course. You have a collection because we believe they, they pursue the energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So this next story is actually another uh, hospital story. Okay. So I, I thought these, these would be nice companions. Horror in the ER. When I lived in Los Angeles, I got a housekeeping job at a hospital. The hospital was home to many spirits or as we call them ghosts. As I'm glad they clarified that for us. <laughs> yeah, really. Jesus. Thank you. As luck would have it, I ended up getting the graveyard shipped. The first night of the job, my supervisor, Maria, took me on rounds to get me familiar with the hospital and also gave me a preview to the OR floor. She, of course, didn't give me a grand tour of the morgue because there was no need to. I got assigned the emergency area and all the other floors except for two maternity floors that I wasn't going to clean. We both ended up cleaning one OR room that night, and everything went smoothly. On the second night, I had to perform the cleaning duties by myself, and as the night progressed, I got a call that I was needed in the OR. When I got to the OR floor with my cleaning cart and went through the double doors, everything was absolutely quiet. 
I got to the OR room that went through the double doors and was greeted with a horror scene. There was trash and dried blood all over the place. There were containers with brown human fluid that looked gross. Oh. As I began to pick up the trash, I found some weird hoses that I had doubts about throwing away. I'd been hearing people speak in the next room, so I decided to go ask them what I should do with them. To my surprise, when I walked into the other room, there was no one there. I shook my head in disbelief and went back to cleaning. While I was making up the operation bed, I could still hear them talking again. So I went back to investigate, and to my shock, the room was still empty. I remember standing in the hallway, listening to the voices, perplexed with opened ears and wondering what was going on. Before I knew it, the environment sounded familiar, like doctors performing surgery. It sounded like the voices and noises were coming from a room that was right around the corner. And when I went to go check, I couldn't see anyone there either. I could still hear the surgery taking place, but now it was coming from further down the hall. Since I could feel fear running down my spine, believe me, I wasn't about to go and explore the unexplained. So I turned back to finish cleaning and got out of there with many unanswered questions. How come I couldn't see the surgery taking place? For some reason that unexplained night, the thought of ghosts didn't cross my mind. Thank God, because I would have run out of there without a paycheck and been unemployed again. Yeah, no kidding. That's, uh, my mom, I've talked about this before, my mother works in a hospital. Right. And she's mentioned uh, similar things to yeah. this, Never, nothing quite this dramatic. But I honestly don't know how you wouldn't think ghosts. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard of this before. People will hear noises in other rooms. And right. Go in. It's, that's a common theme. Of course, yeah, yeah. And they pop in there and there's nothing there. Uh, and most of the time they'll say, oh, I knew what was happening, but I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, like right. They'll hear and they'll hear clinking, clinking, whatever's going on. Right. But they won't be able to tell you what was being said. Wow. Yeah. And again, I, I tell you, man, if I heard that at midnight, I would no longer be employed at that no. hospital. <laughs> no, me neither. No, I would have spit. I would have assholes and elbows. Yeah. As the guy from the last episode said. Yeah, that's and right. Found myself a new job. Well, and I always found, uh, even when I'm doing the ghost walks and we end up in that haunted room at the end, if there's one other person in there, I'm fine because. You can attribute the energy you're feeling to another human being. Right. But you go in there by yourself and you can feel the energy that's in there. Yeah. And you know you're on your own. It's, it's that almost. That makes it way creepier. Yeah. It's almost like uh, there's some. It's almost like there's some effect caused by other people that kind of dampen these things. Yes. You know, and, it waters and it down. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. That's how I, I think about it. And I wonder if it's just a numbers game or I wonder if it is somehow connected to sort of the sensitivity of each person. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, I've been in very haunted places, but with a group of 30 people. Right. And I don't feel anything. Because yeah. I think it's sort of like, if you were looking for a radio station and there were like five radio stations that came through on the same frequency, you're not going to be able to pick it up. Right. Yeah. Right? That's what so I was thinking. Yeah. Thing. And when I go into the ghost room for ghost walks, I deliberately shield. I oh, don't course. want to experience anything. <laughs> right. So I get in there, do what I got to do, and I'm out. Right? right. I can now be in there on my own a little more. Um, we have a chair in the back room. I'll sit in it to wait for somebody else. Right. Um, I have a friend who naps in there. I don't know how she does it. Really? Um, yeah. Not a problem for her at all. She absolutely acknowledges there, are, there is energy there. Doesn't bother her. Doesn't bother her. Well, kudos to her. I, I wish know. I could pull that off. <laughs> uh, on the subject of sort of consensus ghost experiences or consensus paranormal experiences, yeah. I was contacted last week by a friend of mine who thinks that he may have had Something like a Bigfoot encounter Oh wow! while camping. And what's interesting is there were about five or six people who sort of agree on the basics of it. Yeah. 
so they were out camping, uh, I can't remember exactly where, somewhere off in the bush uh, north of the city. Okay. And yeah, these are all guys who were used to camping. They know what they're doing. Yep. Sitting around the campfire. My friend was back in his tent by this point, but they heard an enormous crash in the brush, like huge tree branch right. breaking. And then a moment later, maybe a minute later, the entire camp was awash in this, what they described as almost like a heavy urine smell. Oh, the stench. Yeah. The, yeah. Which yeah. of course be, people talk about Bigfoot stench. Yeah. And, uh, it lasted for about three minutes and everyone smelled it. And these are guys who have experience in the bush. No one could identify it. Wow. He said the size of this thing moving when they heard the crash, they thought maybe like an elk, but elk don't smell like this. No. And no. then it just moved on. This is why I don't camp in the woods. I'm telling you, forget camping. Wow, that's intense. So numbers don't always protect you. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this story is called Demons, Demons Everywhere. Nice. I feel like there's a certain TV show host who would enjoy this. <laughs> Growing up in Los Angeles and loving shows such as Supernatural, Ghost Hunters, etc., I always believed in ghosts. When I was really young, I had an imaginary friend whose name was Rose. Or at least I thought she was imaginary. Little did I know, when I got older, I found out she wasn't at imaginary at all. She had disappeared to me after a while, so I thought she was legitimately just a figment of my imagination. But then I started seeing her from time to time, just outside my room door or in my peripheral vision, things like that. She was always really nice to me and my family. There was never anything out of the ordinary, except that I would sometimes see her. No one else did. Then again, no one else believed in ghosts. I looked up the history of my house and found out that a woman had committed suicide in my bedroom, and her name was Rose. As I got older, I would bring friends over to my house, and if Rose didn't like the friend, bad things would happen. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks, ghost. As if making friends when you're a kid isn't hard enough. <laughs> At one point, I invited a friend over, and the lights flicked on and off, and the volume of the TV went super high before the power shut off altogether. When it came back on, we were upstairs in my room playing cards. It was then that the computer went back on at random and had a document open when I had had nothing open on my computer in the first no, place. No. On the document was nothing. It was completely empty. And then it turned off again. After my friend left, everything went back to normal. Eventually, I went to college. When I came back from my first weekend, my dad wasn't home, but the front room was completely trashed. I didn't know why or how. It scared me, but I thought nothing of it, figuring it was my dad's doing. But after cleaning it up, I asked him about it when he got home. He said it wasn't him, and it was too big of a mess for my dog to have done. Wow. That weekend, I kept seeing a tall, shadowy black figure standing by the front door of my house in my peripheral vision. I never saw it head on, but I knew it was there. It instilled fear in me all the time, but never actually did anything until I started bringing my best friend Mary over. Mary asked if I had a ghost in my house, and I replied that I did, but I didn't tell her about the scary one, only the sweet old lady. Then she asked if there was a darker, shadowy one, and I said yes. She saw it too. Mm. We started to do research after that and thought it wasn't just a ghost. It was a demon, and it was angry. Oh, no. I want to meet a happy demon. <laughs> An easygoing demon who likes sand out cheese. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hello. Would you like some cheese? <laughs> That's right. I would. Thank you. That's Thank you. Lovely. That's delightful. A nice brie in the oven. That would be great. <laughs> Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> I got some crackers here. Too. That's right. He kind of sounds like a drug dealer, but for snack foods. Hey, I'm cool with that. I, I am down with yeah. that if that's demons. Yeah. So I, t getting back to the story. That's I, funny though. Yeah. <laughs> Angry demons. <laughs> so I talked to someone about it. I blessed my room so that it would be safe from this demon or ghost or whatever it was. 
The only problem with that was that it expelled the friendly old lady ghost. Uh oh. Leaving the house unprotected. Yep. I hadn't realized she was protecting me until afterwards. <laughs> no matter where I went in my house, I felt it following me. It fed off my fear and my bad moods. It frequently changed my moods and made me depressed and upset all the time. I was too scared to go anywhere but my bedroom. As soon as it hit nightfall, I stayed there. Some nights, however, I would open my eyes and in my peripheral vision, I would see it standing or just crouching outside my room. Not cool. No. My dad didn't believe in ghosts, so we had to bless the house when he was gone. This proved to be a difficult task. At one point, I decided to bless the bathrooms and the den so I had more safe places to go without fear. I ended up spending a lot of nights in the den because it was safe and I was too scared to run up the stairs for the safety of my own room. Eventually, however, I had the entire house blessed and was told by a medium that there wasn't just one demon. No, there were many. Oh, no. And they were everywhere. Like ants. It was a... Dirty pool, Gibbs. (laughs) Dirty pool. I only thought I saw one because it was the only one that would manifest itself. And he kept offering me cheese. (laughs) Now, you and I have talked about this a thousand times before. I don't believe in demons. Right. Not, Not Christian demons. In, in, in that there are, you know, there's a Satan and he sends out foot soldiers. Right. And, you know. I think there's evil. Oh, no, yeah. But yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be forced to push them into a demon mold. No, that's it. just some bad shit out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think the whole idea of Christian demons is just ridiculous. And that, you know, with, uh, you know, again, if we flick some holy water at him. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think there is power. We've talked about this. I think there's power in owning your space. Yeah, and we give we give them. I think we give them more power by assigning them that sort of general name. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's like, oh, it's not just a ghost; it's a demon. Now we got a real fight on our hands. Yeah, that too. Um, and that just lets it entrench even more. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, the thing is, too, I, 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 I really dislike the name, the whole idea of demons because it's it's cartoonish and, and it it ascribes to them way too much power. Yeah. You know, whenever you see demons portrayed in film, they're always ludicrously overpowered. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they can do anything, go anywhere. No, no. You're giving them too much credit. Yep. But anyways, long story short, not a big fan of the demon thing. The Dreadlock Ghost of Echo Park. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I knew no one. I ended up meeting my friend Jason and his roommates through an acquaintance. It was in his house that I had the following experience. The house is in a neighborhood called Echo Park. It's a bit run down in parts and not really the kind of place I'd want to walk around alone at night, though I doubt that it's relevant to the story. The house itself was a large, dilapidated two-story house with a full basement, the stairway to which felt like it could collapse beneath you on your way down. The top floor is like the upper story of a barn with a staircase in the middle of the room. This was my friend Jason's room and the place I stayed in when I came to visit. I remember coming by after work one night. I worked at a club, so this was probably around 2 or 3 a.m., and I was too tired to stay up and hang out with everybody downstairs, so I asked Jason if he would mind if I crashed out upstairs. He obliged and walked me up there. It was summertime, and there was no AC upstairs, so I was in a t-shirt and my skibbies to sleep. I was passed out, and I remember waking up to see a man standing at the foot of the bed staring at me. I started screaming, but upon asking my friend later, no one had heard me. The apparition appeared green and he had long hair. It may have been in dreadlocks. He was heavy set, and there were no pupils in his eyes. They were just white. He was luminescent. I pulled the sheets up over my head, and when I looked again, he was gone. I eventually went back to sleep, and sometime later I was over at Jason's again, and we were looking through old pictures. 
I came across one of a guy about my age who looked like the man I saw in his bedroom that one night. I asked Jason about it, and he replied casually, Oh, that's Eddie. He fell off the front porch and broke his neck. No joke. May lightning strike me now if I'm making this up. When I asked him if he'd ever seen him in the house since he passed, he told me, Oh yeah, all the time. It's not scary to me, though. I'm used to it. He was probably just checking out since you were in your undies. Eddie always was a bit of a perv. I guess this I was, like him already. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this was Jason's way of trying to get a laugh out of me about the situation. I ended up crashing at Jason's house again on my birthday a few months later. I still didn't know that many people, so I opted to work on my birthday and then celebrate afterwards. I went to bed in the same room. This time Jason was sleeping next to me, and I woke up at some ungodly hour of the morning to see good old Eddie sitting on Jason's amplifier not three feet from the bed. The funny thing was, it looked like he'd gotten a haircut. (laughs) He was smiling at me, and I got the impression that he thought it was funny that I was scared of him. I shook Jason awake and told him what I saw, and he told me it was no big deal and to go back to sleep. Right after that, I could just lull into a deep sleep. This remains the most vivid ghostly experience I've had to date. I find it interesting that it's happened on multiple occasions, and that my friend had also seen the entity in the house. Huh. Yeah. And the friend was cool with it. Well, I, I, again... We just talked about that, right? It? Like, it's not hurting me. It's not here to threaten me. And in this case, I know who it is. So, you know, cool. And I think it's great that the, it's kind of fun that the ghost, if it's there, if it's really that thing, it knows. Yeah. And it's kind of running with it. It's kind of running. Yeah. I, well, I remember doing some research for a book I was looking at writing with Barbara about um, sort of guardian ghosts, or right. ghosts that come back. And I talked to a man in Virginia about his experience and... He had had a friend who would go out and party, and then because they lived close to the pub, the friend would walk over around 2 a.m. or whatever, knock on the door and be like, can I crash on your couch? I'm too drunk to drive. Right. And this happened weekly. So this friend had gotten in a car accident and had died. And then Saturday morning, I guess, someone was banging on their door, ringing the doorbell. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He got up. He went to the door. He opened it. Nobody was there. Huh. He did feel a cold wind move past him. <clears throat> right. And he thought, mm, that's weird. Shut the door and went back to sleep. It wasn't until the next morning he realized it was exactly the same time as his friend would traditionally wow. come and crash on their couch. So That is cool. Yeah, it was cool. And he wasn't bothered by it. It was just, but he knew who it was. Like in that moment, he was kind of like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll call this story the Hilton Experience. When I talk to others about ghost stories, it's usually the apparitions they see that scare them the most or stick with them. So it's funny that the one experience that truly terrified me and ultimately has stuck with me was an encounter with a spirit I did not see, but I still never wish to meet again. I live in Las Vegas. My family and I regularly visit California. When I was 16, we went on one such trip and stayed in a Hilton in the LA area. It was a pretty typical thing with me that I'd get my own room attached to a main room and then my parents would have theirs. It must be nice. Money. Yeah. <laughs> a Hilton, no less. <laughs> I've stayed in, I think, a double tree. That's the closest I've come to a Hilton. I was in a Marriott courtyard I thought was pretty fancy in San Francisco, yeah. On San Francisco, that would be. Yeah. Jesus. I know. I was talking to, uh, during my most recent radio show, I was talking to Lori on Twitter, Mm -hmm. and she was saying that uh, rents in San Francisco have just surpassed Manhattan. What? Yeah. Wow. That was the city where the guy was living in a giant um, box in his friend's dining room and paying rent for that he made it into a micro suite i wouldn't be surprised yeah 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 and he was paying like 800 dollars for the privilege <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so this person they have their own room 
uh, and their parents have theirs. And as they say, it's a pretty simple setup, and this time was no different. At least until I went to bed my first night there. That night, I had a lot of trouble sleeping, and I sat up watching TV for a while before finally laying down and trying to get to sleep. Except that night, as I finally managed to get my eyes to close around 2 in the morning, my rest was disturbed. I heard loud footsteps and heavy breathing, like the kind you might hear from a patient in a hospital trying to gasp for air. Or, as I described it back then, very Darth Vader-like. I grew annoyed and turned over in the bed trying to ignore it. Granted, I figured it was someone outside making a lot of noise and had no say in how much noise they made. About two minutes into this, I realized that the noise seemed to be getting closer and closer to my bed. No, 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 no. As a kid up until then and even after this, I've had my fair share of run-ins with spirits, so I tried to ignore it because even though I had all those experiences, none of them really terrified me. I wasn't prepared for what happened next. As the breathing and footsteps came progressively louder, I realized a hot, breath-like air was running down my neck. Not cool. Not okay. The footsteps finally ceased, but the breathing persisted as did the air. My eyes shot open, and I immediately tried to assure myself it was the air conditioner acting funky. That's a good way to do it. That works for me. I would adopt that. My parents are non-believers, and frankly, they'd told me so many times that there's no such thing as spirits that sometimes I could partially convince myself. Oh, boy. So I searched for the air conditioner, only to find there were no vents near my bed. (laughs) The only singular vent was on the other side of my room. The breathing persisted, but I didn't give a damn to try and figure out what it was anymore. (laughs) I practically flew from my bed, threw on the lights, and all at once it stopped. The breathing, the footsteps, and the hot breath down my neck, all gone. First thing I did was run to my parents' room. Needless to say, they were not happy to be woken up, but I'd never had an encounter like this before. And I was truly petrified to the point of begging them to let me sleep on the chair in their bedroom (laughs) or on the couch bed in the main room. Wow. But insisting I would not sleep in my room. Whatever was in there, I could tell was not friendly. It wanted me to know... It was there, and it was trying to scare me. I figured this was not a sign of Casper the Friendly Ghost. No. This no. is not Cheese, D- Cheese Steve. <laughs> Cheese Steve the Friendly Snack-Bearing Demon. Exactly. Yeah. Cheese Steve, where are you? I like that. That's our next shirt. <laughs> Cheese Steve. Cheese Steve offers you a cracker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My parents weren't buying it and sent me back to bed insisting that I'd had a nightmare. But a waking nightmare? It was not something I believed. I mean, we've been living in one of those for the last two years, but uh, (laughs) I dragged myself back to bed and managed to sleep with little to no problem. No more breathing, footsteps, or anything like that. The rest of the stay was rather uneventful, with the exception of the feeling of being watched in the room. I was thankful to be spending most of my days at a theme park, so I spent a lot of time outside. After a while, I started to convince myself maybe it was a nightmare. My parents were right, and I was just being paranoid. Then, when I was sitting at the desk in the room the night before we left, I heard it. This deep deep cackling it seemed to resonate through my room and shook me to my core it only lasted half a minute or so but it was enough for me oh no i didn't go back into that room until my parents forced me to (laughs) needless to say i was thankful to leave the next day and put as much distance between me and whatever the hell was in that room as possible evil spirit angry spirit demon i don't know my friend thinks it was a demon of course they do (laughs) or of some kind i try not to dwell on what it was i was just thankful that it never hurt me I've never had an encounter like this since. Hard pass. Yeah. Hard no. pass. The cackling. Yeah. And no matter what it is, if it's in the hotel room, that's not a good feeling. No, that's it, because it's your space. Your space is invaded. Yeah. And, and some... yet you really don't have any control over that space. No, that's it? Yeah. Oh. This story is the knock at the door. I just moved into a new apartment with my girlfriend. So far, it's been great. A couple nights ago, though, when my girlfriend and I were horsing around on the sofa, wrestling and such, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a loud. Of that'd be bad if you misinterpreted it and you actually thought it was wrestling. There was her, a loud banging. Put her in a Boston crab. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ooh, say, Uncle. Wait, what was happening? <laughs> there was a loud banging, not a quiet knock on my front door. My immediate thought was that someone was upset. And although the noise in my apartment was minimal, they were coming to complain. It did not sound like a friendly knock. Anyway, I got up and looked outside and no one was there. But I thought I heard someone, maybe two people, running down the stairs. I live in an upstairs apartment. I went on the balcony and stayed out there, just scanning for the pranksters. But I didn't see anything. I figured it was just some kids messing around, so I let it be. So last night, my girlfriend and I decided to go to bed early, around 11 p.m. As we were chatting in bed, I heard a knock on the front door again. This time, it was a much more friendlier knock. I jumped up out of bed and peered out the bedroom window to see if any was, anyone was running away or down the stairs. I didn't see anything or anyone. At that point, I was kind of annoyed with this, so I got dressed and decided to patrol the complex, just to see if I witnessed any odd people or behavior. I noticed that my neighbor's light was on downstairs, so I went over and asked if they had been pranked or received any knocks. She said no. We went back to bed and just left it as being a prankster who lives nearby. In the middle of the night, I started hearing noises like a distant banging or thumping, sort of the sound you hear when the bass of music is too loud but distant. I started to think it was all in my head, but in the morning my girlfriend told me she heard the same sounds. One last thing, our cat was spooked by something because around 5 or 6 a.m. she was meowing and shaking when we let her into our room. Oh, man. That's not good. No. Um, it takes a lot to make a cat shake, I think. I think so, too. Dog yeah. shake. Yeah, yeah, Cats, not a cat. No. Uh, they actually, the, the banging thing happened to me once. Really? Yeah. The, the sound like bass. Uh, when I was working at Bocce's way back in the day, our family grocery store in Revelstoke, I was closing up one night doing the books in the back and I heard what sounded like bass and I thought it was coming from next door. Right. Uh, because our neighbors were there and, uh, I thought, oh, they they like to party. So yeah, they're having yeah, a party. Yeah. Then I remembered, oh no, they're out of town. So I, they're in Mexico. And I thought, oh, their kids must be having a party. And then I realized... No, the kids went with them. Oh. I thought, oh, crap, someone broke into their house and having, was having a party. So I got up from the desk and I went, I was going to go out front to have a look. Then I realized, no, that's that's not coming from next door. That's coming from upstairs. The empty apartment. Oh, no. Upstairs. The empty apartment that I used to live yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That had tons of problems. Oh, wow. So I went to the door that separates the upstairs apartment stairwell from the back room. Right. Opened it. And the way the stairs work, they kind of go up and then up again to the right. So they're out of sight. Yeah. I heard that bass up there. I heard that thumping. And I thought, first I thought, well, I know they were showing the apartment. Maybe a homeless guy slipped in. Mm-hmm. Door was still locked. Hmm. Then the thumping started coming closer. <laughs> and then I heard footsteps on the stairs coming down. And you were on the stairs. I was at the very bottom. But I, it was coming from the side that was out of my sight. Yeah. Slammed the door, locked it, got the hell out of there as fast as I could. <laughs> it is not on. We're not doing this. In the proud tradition of the ghost story, guys, we ran. We, that's yeah. right. And then I booked it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. Oh, All right. So this last story is quite a long one. Okay. Uh, so bear with me here. We're going to call this story Carlos's Problems. Okay. I moved to Los Angeles in 2000. I had a boyfriend here who lived in a small one-bedroom apartment in Studio City that was way overpriced. Overpriced rent in Los Angeles. Who saw that coming? (laughs) What a weird thing. Uh, We decided to look for a cheaper, bigger place for the both of us. We went to a cute little place over in Sherman Oaks, a one-bed, one-bath, built in the 20s with cute little cabinets in the dining room. 
and just tons of character. Uh, this is absolutely a woman who's written this. <laughs> Even before we get to the later details, which verify <laughs> you this. You can already tell. Oh, yeah. yeah. She identified the cabinets and when it was built. Yeah. This is a woman. No. Immediately upon walking in, my boyfriend Eric said he just didn't like the place at all and wouldn't even bother to look at the rest of the place. Fast forward six months, Eric and I were doomed from the start. He was a total loser and had a severe drinking problem. That would do it. That would do it. We had moved far away to Woodland Hills and the drive into town was draining, as was our relationship. I managed to talk my way out of the lease due to his drinking problem and began my search for my very own place. A random series of events led me back to Sherman Oaks and believe it or not, the exact same unit. No. Eric and I had viewed six months earlier. I decided to move in. All was fine for the first year, maybe because I was barely ever at home, going down to San Diego every other weekend to dance as a go-go dancer. This really is your kind of story, isn't it? It really is. It really is. At Club Ultra and on Broadway. The other weekends, my daughter Chrissy was staying with me, and we would often be out. About a year after moving in, my schedule settled down, I was home more, and strange things started happening. Hmm. The first incident was a blatant in-your-face event. I was on the phone with a guy I was dating. It was the middle of the day, and I had these two framed pictures on the dining room wall over the table. They were about six inches apart and were hung with two nails on either side of the picture frame and had those alligator-type hooks on the back that secure the nail head so they don't slip off. All of a sudden, both pictures literally flew off the wall. I immediately thought we had an earthquake, but nothing else moved and my boyfriend hadn't felt anything. I went over to the pictures expecting to find the nails had come out of the wall or the hooks on the back had come undone, but neither was the case. All four nails were firmly in the wall. All four hooks were attached. And both at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, you can't fake that. Exactly. Yeah, no. About a week later, I came home at night to a dark house and walked over to the floor lamp. And as I reached for the knob, the light came on. I oh, again, that's nice. Yeah, well, that's handy. I like that. It's like a clapper. Well, it's like at the building I'm in right now, Josh, the ghost, will call the elevator. Oh, of course, so right. come out and, and, and the button slowed up. That's good of him. Yeah, it's huh? nice. I brushed it off as a wiring issue or the weight of my foot moving the floorboards and maybe the bowl being loose. Yeah, you try to explain it. Exactly. But little things kept happening. My remote control for the bedroom TV went missing and never resurfaced, even when we moved out. My hairbrush also disappeared, never to return. It was all minor, barely noticeable stuff. That changed. When Chrissy was five. That changed when Chrissy was five. It was Christmas time, and I had a new job as a research scientist for the UCLA Sleep Center for Sleep Research. That's a bit of a different job than a go-go dancer in a club. Well, you do that to put yourself through school. <laughs> she would not be the first. With I'm a sure heart she won't goal. be the last. Well, heart goal. Okay. She's a go-go dancer, not a prostitute. These two <laughs> things do not necessarily be, are this, not necessarily the same. <laughs> I worked long hours and didn't have time to go shopping for her gifts, so I did what a lot of people do and ordered online. I got her a Cinderella castle that lit up and had music and dancing minifigures of Cinderella and Prince Charming. I can see where this is going. Oh, yes. Yeah. The package came a week later, and I put the box at the foot of my bed and went to sleep. Around 3 a.m., I was woken up by loud music and flashing lights. The castle was playing over and over and over, and I couldn't get it to turn off. No. I put it as far away from me as I could, put a pillow over my head, and went to sleep. The next day, I checked it, and it was off, so I figured that maybe something had shifted during shipping and a wiring issue had made the castle come to life. On Christmas morning, Chrissy opened the box and was elated. I said to her, look what it does, and pressed the button to start the music and lights. Nothing happened. That is when Chrissy pointed to the front of the box where it said, four AA batteries required. Uh-huh. I cannot describe the chill that went on. Oh, my God. Later that month, I put Chrissy to bed one night, and she kept fussing, saying she wanted to keep the light on in her room. I refused and told her to go to sleep. No more than 15 minutes later, a scream came from her room. I ran in and she was white as a ghost and said, Mommy, Mommy, the old lady pulled the blankets off me. Her blankets were piled on the floor at the foot of her bed. 
I didn't believe her and scolded her for telling tales and made oh, her get back no. to bed. I would regret this and get my just desserts very shortly. Oh, good. <laughs> Chrissy was with her dad on summer break again, and I was all alone. My friends Haley and Janessa were coming over. Haley got there first, and I told her what had been happening over the past few months. To my surprise, Haley didn't laugh. She told me that she, too, had had weird experiences while babysitting at my house in the past. Oh, wow. When Janessa arrived, she asked to use the bathroom, and when she walked into the hallway, she stopped short, came right back out and said, Oh, Maddie, something is not right. Something is off in your house, and there is a bad energy in your hallway. Not good. That scared me so badly because I hadn't ever mentioned anything to Janessa, and she had been to my house many times, but even now she noticed the change in energy. Wow. Later, Haley and Janessa were in the bathroom getting ready to go out when suddenly I heard them both scream. They came running out and said my bathroom window had just shut of its own volition. I didn't see this, but I definitely believe them. They looked very upset. More and more stuff began to happen. I had a constant problem with flies, and even in the living room, the, and even in the summer, the living room was ice cold no matter what I did. Mostly, I would actually be cool with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. In LA, you save yourself a ton on air conditioning. Exactly. Now, I didn't believe in ghosts or haunting, so I never once thought any of these incidents were due to something like that. Until one night. I went to bed around 2 a.m., and for some reason, I consciously thought to myself that I was going to turn off all the lights and close both the hallway door and my bedroom door. I don't know why I thought this to myself, as my usual routine was to leave both open and the kitchen light on. Hmm. But this night, I turned everything off and closed the doors. I was lying in bed when I started to hear what sounded like my upstairs neighbor banging around. She was an elderly lady in a wheelchair, so that didn't seem right. So I listened intently, and it stopped. When my attention drifted, the banging began again, but this time I decided to just ignore it. It got louder and louder and louder, until it was apparent, just like in the last story, it wasn't coming from upstairs. Yep. My bedroom door, which had no lock, started violently shaking. Oh, not cool. No. Not cool, not cool. Rattling in the door jam so hard, I was frozen with fear, thinking someone was breaking into my house and was going to come in and hurt me. Even despite that, I somehow got up the courage to jump out of the bed, switch on the light, and fling open the door while screaming at the top of my lungs in an attempt to scare away whoever was on the other side of that door. There was no one there. But the hallway door was wide open. Every single light in my house was on. Oh, my Lord. The TV was on. No. The computer was on. No. The stereo was set to static. Every single electronic and light was on, and the doors I had closed only 20 minutes prior were all wide open. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. Yeah. I stood breathless in the doorway, and now my windows were rattling. I was jolted by a loud knock on my front door. It was the manager who lived across the hall. I opened my door, and she asked if I was okay. She'd heard my screams. I told her what happened, and she said, Oh, I thought you weren't having any of the problems Carlos had had. Oh, no! I asked who Carlos was and what she was talking about. Carlos had rented the unit back when Eric and I first seen the apartment in 2000. He signed a one-year lease, and five months in, he fled in the middle of the night. Wow. Stating the house was haunted and that he refused to live there. The rent was so low because no one would stay longer than six months. <laughs> I'd been there nearly two years. Wow. When I told Janessa everything, she agreed to help me take the space back. We saged and chanted, and whatever was there receded enough for me to manage for another eight months. Even so, when my fiancé invited me to move in with him, I didn't think twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one thing to get something back under control. It's a whole nother to have to still live with it. That's it. And this thing sounds... Incredibly powerful. And messed up. Whole. Big time. Big time. Jesus. So I wonder if it's the apartment or if it's the building or the land the building's on. It's got to be the land. Yeah. I mean, that sound... That said, I mean, it, it. that reminds me of the story we heard 
uh, on last episode, Haunted Hotels, about the woman who's all the rooms, all the lights were on her hotel room. Yeah. Or Jamie Whitmer from yeah. America's, uh, also actually America's Haunted Hotels. Yeah. Who had that experience where a spirit attached itself to her. Not cool. Yeah. Not so cool. It, either way, it's a powerful thing and I'm glad to hell it's not my house. <laughs> no kidding. All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, Haunted Los Angeles Part 2. Part 2. <laughs> and uh, when we come back from the break, some listener mail and a couple announcements. Attention all West Coast listeners. Our musical guests on episode number 33, Riot at the Dojo, have two upcoming live dates in your area. The first is on July 12th at Tony V's Garage in Everett, Washington, and the second is on August 9th at Substation in Seattle. For more information, check out their website at riotatthedojo.com. I might be in the crowd at that August show, so if you see me, make sure to come up and say hi. Welcome back. Thanks to our researcher, Luke Greensmith, for his help on this episode. Mm-hmm. We're recording this episode about a week ahead of when we ordinarily would, so we don't have any listener mail built up yet. Not uh, really. So we'll, we'll just do a double dose on the next show. Uh, that said, we do have some announcements, which, some of which are exciting. Uh, we have passed 100,000 downloads, Woo-hoo! which is incredible. It is incredible. I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I still can't get my head around it. I mean, this happened about a, three, four days ago. We posted, we put up the post, but I still, it still hasn't sunk in. No, it's pretty cool. You know, because uh, you and I started this literally 18 months ago. Yeah. Uh, we're 37 episodes deep now. But when we started that, we, we met at the, the first, first, first time at that Starbucks. Yeah. We said to each other, I think we're meant to do something together, but we had no idea what. And if you told us there'd be a podcast that thousands of people are listening to, I would have told you you're freaking nuts. <laughs> So thank you so much to everyone who's gotten at this, gotten us this far. Yeah. Uh, I hope you stick with us because I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think we're going to go to a good place and uh, so I, ho- I hope you all stay with us and we hope but new folks join us for the ride. This next bit is something that we have kind of talked about uh, for months. Uh, we've talked about this off and on. Uh, I've been very resistant to it for reasons I won't get into here, uh, but we had a very long conversation about it. Uh, we have talked about doing a Patreon campaign and... We have sort of held off doing that uh, just because, but yeah, you know, we didn't really want to. Didn't really want to. No, it's, it's a lot of work. No, it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, our studio situation was becoming really uncertain, which is the other thing. You know, you know the old, uh, the old spot was 
sort of free more yeah. or less because we were renting from someone else or sorry, we were in someone else's space. Uh, but that spot is no longer open to us. And now we are recording in rented space. And that's why it's so early and all the impressive. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've had to court. Well, also I've got family in town, so we have to work around that. But uh, yeah. So what this means, of course, is there are uh, considerably increased costs. Oh yeah. To this. Uh, and now we are going to keep doing the show. No matter what. Ian and I love doing this. Mm -hmm. This is not uh, pay up or the show goes away. (laughs) But uh, we are incurring more costs than we have. And so sometime over the course of the next two months, we are going to be launching the Ghost Story Guys Patreon campaign. And we would actually like to hear from you guys as to what you would like to see in that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're we're talking about tiers, you know, $1, $2, $10, all that crap. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you what you'd like to see in that. Yeah. And uh, what you sort of, yeah, go and just let us know. It's an open field. That's we it. We really need the feedback. So please send in your comments or opinions on this. I mean, when we were talking about this the other day, you didn't even really know what a Patreon was. Well, I You knew, knew they existed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But you didn't understand the nuance. When I told you that there was a tiered reward system. I'm like, what? It blew your mind. It totally did. And then I started reading some of them on other podcasts. I'm like, this is brilliant. <laughs> These are so funny. So that's, I would really like to do it so that people feel they're getting something of worth, not just our amazing podcast, yeah. uh, but also um, are, are doing it because they want to support us. And it's not like we're sitting around trying to get rich here. We just want to be able to pay the bills that's it. associated with the podcast. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's that's sort of our goal. I mean, uh, so we oh, look again, let us know what you think. Send us an email at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com or via the Facebook page or yeah. uh, all those places. Yeah. And let us know what you think. Let yeah. us know what, again, what you'd like to see from us in a Patreon campaign. The other thing I would like, if anyone out there with artistic abilities, and I know there are many of you out there because you've sent us things before, anybody has a concept, a drawing, uh, something, an illustration of, of Steve the Cheese Demon, who we pretty much invented this episode, <laughs> I would love to see that. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I th- that would be that would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, so apart from that, do we have any announcements? Um, we are going to be at the Sydney Market again. Right, on um, July 19th. July 19th. From vote. Uh, come, come and see us. 5.30 to 9? Uh, yeah, it runs about 5.30 to 8.30 kind of thing. Right, okay. Yeah. So we'd love you to come see us. If you've already bought our books, bring them. We'll sign them. We Absolutely. Just, we're just happy to see yeah, you. Just come by, say hi, and uh, yeah, we're just happy to chat. You don't have to buy anything. No. You can no. come pitch peanuts at us if you yeah. want. <laughs> Uh, of course, don't forget, if you want to pick up some Ghost Story Guys merch, you can find that at uh, ghoststoryguys.threadless.com. Or you can, uh, if you're in Canada or outside the U.S., you can also shop for our stuff at the Redbubble store. Redbubble. Uh, Redbubble. I like that. Yes. And you can find that via the link on our face, the Shop Now link on our Facebook page. And the advantage of Redbubble, unlike Threadless, is that it charges you in your local currency. Right. And shopping, uh, pardon me, shipping is considerably cheaper outside the U.S. Amazing. And they also have clocks, which I found. <gasps> A ghost story guy's clock? Yes. Oh, I know what I'm getting for my new place. <laughs> That's amazing. And stickers. They actually have uh, print-on-demand stickers. Cool. So, yeah, you can get all our logos as stickers, and they're relatively cheap. I want to say they're you know a couple bucks each. It's not like the, the Teespring ones, which were huge. Yeah. And consequently, five or six bucks. These are... You know, I want to say two bucks or three bucks. So that's cool. kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. So... Have a, have a look at that. And uh, if you want to buy a copy, uh, signed copies of our book, uh, if you can't make it to the Sydney market, just email us at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com and we can set that up. We can take credit card payment via the square. Nice. And uh, we'll, we'll do that for you. 
Thank you to Hollywood Burns for letting us use their track Scherzo Number no. 5 and Death Minor. Very from cool their track. Brand new album, Invaders. I like it. Uh, me too. I re- the whole album is really good. I've played a couple tracks on my radio show, and they've been very popular. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and if you want to buy the album, which I recommend, you can find them at blood-music.bandcamp.com, and you'll be able to see the link there. Uh, they actually have some really cool vinyl of this album. Cool. I missed out on the first wave. There's one that kind of looks like Blood Spatter. Right. It was really slick. Uh, that one's gone, but there is a couple a couple other of the uh, painted ones left. So, again, that's uh, Hollywood Burns. The album is Invaders, and you can find it on all your major streaming services. And if you're feeling generous, then support them on Bandcamp. Uh, if you want to hear more of my voice, you can find me at uh, Large of the Truth, my weekly music show on Stoke FM. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And that's, uh, yeah, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific on 92.5 Stoke FM or via the web at stokefm.com. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of folks who listen to this show tune in, tweet at me during the during the show. It's recorded, uh, but I am hoping to move to a live platform soonish. Terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> Holy man. Also, if you, want, if you have a ghost story you want to share with us, which a lot of people have been, send it to us at the email address we keep saying, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Or if you want to come on a ghost walk, you happen to be in Victoria, send us an email, let me know. We will set you up at the time that I'm going to be doing it, and then you can come along. That's fantastic. You just did one with Anthony. And I did. That's which great. Which was great. They were awesome. I loved having them on the tour. We had a small group that night. They were awesome. I love it when people are like into it, and they laugh at my bad jokes, and it's great. <laughs> Someone has to. Yeah, so I really yes. appreciate Anthony being there. Great. If you want to reach us on social media, I'm on Twitter at Large of the Truth. Ian is not. Uh, <laughs> I'm on there. I just don't pay any attention. To yeah, it. yeah. Facebook's pretty much the only way because I'm old. Yeah. No. There we go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. It's true. He is. <laughs> so you can friend either of us at uh, yeah Brandon Store Ian Gibbs. We don't post publicly very much, but you're welcome to. And of course, the Ghost Story Guys Facebook page is mm-hmm. at Ghost Story Guys. Thank you as always to Pizanta Music for our fabulous intro and outro music. You can find him online at SoundCloud.com/slash Pizanta Music. And I believe his new album is dropping soon. He's released a couple new tracks. Cool. One of which I played the other night on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I guess that's going to- Rate review us. Oh, yeah. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Helps us get the letter, helps us get the message out. Uh, helps get the show into more ears. Yeah. You know, someone is looking for a good podcast that's balanced and fun. You know who to recommend. That's right. I guess that'll do it. Yeah. We'll be back in two weeks with another show. And until then- Into the darkness we go.
Wow, that went off the rails fast. Wow, sorry. You <laughs> used the word. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's an edit. Okay, sorry. I'll focus. Here, I'll breathe. Okay, you breathe. Can you hear it? No, I can't hear anything. Okay. But then I never could during the record either, and then it... Uh, both of us are like a couple of fucking perverts. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 37, and you're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. I am very handsome. <laughs> and Ian agrees. Um, yeah, because I don't have a choice. <laughs> All right, I'm sending it to you right now. Cool, I will. Where is my phone? There it is. Next time we'll bring some good tea. <laughs> this tea. is good tea. Well, it's a random assortment of nonsense tea. I don't like all that <laughs> shit. It's want a fucking green tea, man. <laughs> you said, <laughs> said the bike gang member. <laughs> Just want a nice green tea. Is that too much to ask? I'm a tough guy. Yeah. And I like my tough tea. I like tough green tea. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Tea drinkers? No. Oh, I gotta find it for you. Sure. And we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. With weird cork walls. And uh, a really loud <laughs> clock. <laughs> and not a very attractive green color, I have to say. No, and that picture at the back really does my head in. Because I can see it in the re mirror reflected behind you. Oh. So it's like that thing is always staring at me. It looks like it's a thing on a park bench near a mall. A mall where children disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, eaten mostly. Oh, whoops, sorry. That's not going to sound good. <laughs> yeah, let's not karate chop the table. But I like the dark purple, but not for an entire room. No. I like that color, though. Yeah, no, it's a nice color. Yeah. Pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't have purple. I like purple. Yeah. <laughs> no. Too bad, it's already on our flag. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you guys get all the luck. <laughs> <laughs> not. 100% sure that's accurate? I am I am 100% sure it is not. Yeah, pretty much. I know we can't, but I really want to fuck with that thing. The PA? Yeah. Oh. Why? Ooh, I don't know. Just say shit through it. Oh, okay. Well. Announce buses. And... Maybe another day. <laughs> Boo. I'll rent you one. Bo all right. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs>